How do you think your diverse uh, background has impacted you in your career and the businesses that you've uh, contributed to? Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a tremendous impact, uh, both to me personally and the impact that I've been able to share with the companies that I have been a part of. Um, for the very very sheer nature of representation, right? I mean, yep. it's it's so simple yet so impactful. Welcome, bienvenido to Mass Impact Podcast, where we uncover stories of empowerment, innovation, and diversity in the world of tech and business. I'm your host, Monica Hernandez, Latina software engineer, turned founder, CEO, and philanthropist. I'm here to share my journey and amplify the voices of trailblazing leaders from diverse backgrounds who are driving meaningful change. Get ready to be inspired, educated, and empowered. Together, let's make mass impact starting now. I am super feliz and thrilled to introduce to you Mirna Soto. I met her a few years ago through a common organization that we both love called HiTech, Hispanic IT Executive Council. And she actually became a board advisor member for my company, Mass Global. She's in Miami, I'm in Tampa, we're both Latinas in tech with a passion for community impact and for more diversity in technology and business. So no surprise, we also became really good friends and I'm just incredibly excited to share her wisdom with all of you today. So let me tell you more about Mirna. Uh, Many accolades and recognitions. The one that I like is the one by Alpha. Uh, she was named one of the top 50 most powerful Latinas in the U.S. She's also part of the board of directors of multiple publicly traded companies, such as Spirit Airlines, Popular, Headspace, CMS Energy. She has 28 years of experience in technology, multiple disciplines, including security, software development, which as you probably know by now, I am a software engineer, so that's my passion. Uh, and of course, overall uh, digital transformation. Out of those 28, 70 years, uh, Mina has had direct experience with cybersecurity leadership. She's a frequent advisor, speaker, business consultant, M&A initiatives, as well as pro development efforts across multiple industries, media, hospitality, telecommunications, financial services, insurance, gaming. As if that was not enough, she's also a venture capital partner, investor, managed security services provider, and just a company builder with exclusive focus on technology innovation and cybersecurity related investments. When you don't have a uh, fine Mirna in a boardroom, you'll find her flying across the country or in the water. Of course, with both Florida people, we love the salt life. So here we go. Let's go deep with Mirna about how to make mass impact. Hello, Mirna. Hola. Thank you for being with us in our mass impact podcast. I'm going to start with your story. If you can please share with us your backstory. Uh, how you grew up, how have your family background, and the life shows as you've made, uh, how to shape your life's trajectory and influence all of the amazing accomplishments that you had in your career. 
Well, first off, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you here today and to be able to have this discussion, which I know is going to be a lot of fun. So um, my backstory, um, where do I start? So I grew up in a very traditional Hispanic household. My father is from Cuba and my mother is from Puerto Rico. Um, there's not much more I could say about that. If you think of a Cuban and a Puerto Rican getting together, so, all that that is uh, candela, to say the least. Um, had a, a traditional Hispanic upbringing, but I will say that my parents were very influential on me, uh, mainly because my father fled from Cuba during the revolution when the communist regime had come into his country. Um, he came to this country and became an American patriot and did a lot of things that I won't, I won't take up too much time, but did a lot of things in support of trying to fight communism um, in his country and did so with a lot of alignment with the U.S. government and working in the military and things of that nature, which I believe inherently shaped my career that ended up being in the security space and protecting national security. Um, he's very proud of that. And I love the influence that he's had on me for that. Uh, but even more so, my mother, who came to the mainland, she's a U.S. citizen because Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. But she was mm -hmm. mainland when she was very young, um, met my father here, and obviously uh, created a family together. But my mother always instilled in me and in my siblings that the number one thing that she wanted to make sure that we did was complete our education. And that was because she did not. She did not have the opportunity mm. to complete her education. So she instilled that in us a great deal. So a combination of pursuing, um, an ex and I continue today, I'm still a constant learner, always trying to learn something new, get another certification, do something to continue to keep my mind sharp and fresh. But between the educational track and that rigor, um, and the fight, I will use that, the fight that my father went through to kind of come to this country with nothing and to build uh, his his family, his career, uh, support his secondary family was, was an amazing experience that I think was very influential. They basically told me, you can do anything. Um, there's only one thing I can't do. Only one thing I can't do, and that's play basketball because it's too short. <laughs> <laughs> You stick to your unique skills, huh? That's right. What an incredible story. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, it's amazing how moms have such a big impact. I mean, of course, your father had a lot of influence, but even if they didn't have the right level of education, they still knew how That's important right. it was. And so we shared that. So let's go to innovation, right? AI is now in everyday's news, and there's so many opportunities and also risks. And and you being in cybersecurity would understand that. I know you are in multiple boards and they're all trying to figure out how these cutting-edge technologies like generational AI and the metaverse, how can they leverage those for their businesses and also how they protect their businesses? Any perspective you can share that? Of course, of course. So I will say that we're having this conversation often in all of the boards that I serve on, the companies that I serve on. Um, and it ranges, you know, based on the differences of the companies, the industries, and how they've embraced technologies up to date. Um, you know, I serve on the board of a bank, serve on the board of an airline, 
So there's very differences around how they're leveraging technologies. But what I find very promising is that in every single one of these boardrooms, they're not afraid of the potential. They're really looking at it very methodically to understand how it can impact how they run their business and how they serve their customers, which I think is extremely important. I think uh, you know there's been a lot of buzz about generative AI and what it might do to the workforce and to the future of work. Um, and I'm a believer that it is going to be a very strong complement to the types of skills that we will then create now for the future to continue to leverage innovation, automation. And I think the term AI, you know, kind of scares people a little bit. But if you think about it, um, an automated ability to transact, it kind of changes your, your thinking around it. Um, I don't believe that AI will take all the jobs away. I do not believe that it will ruin the universe and humanity. I do believe that it will be a very big compliment for many organizations and for people individually. At the same token, we've already been using a form of generative AI in the cybersecurity landscape. When you think about areas like network security, and I don't want to get too technical, but when you think about network security and the inspection of network traffic packets, to understand where is network traffic coming from could it potentially be malicious? And to use that type of artificial intelligence to mine that type of intelligence to be able to alert of potential adversaries or to alert on anomalies that allow a lot of the security tools to respond and react by design. So it's a, it's a really innovative concept that I think in security and other areas, there's been some very good movements. There's still a lot more to do. We do have to be mindful that when we think of the future innovation around AI, that it does not create biases. Um, I know we, you and I have talked a great deal about diversity and the power of inclusion. We have to make sure that the machines, the AI that's behind a lot of the innovations, don't inherently become biased towards groups or to different sectors or different individuals. And it's not that it will be purposeful, it's just that we have to teach them have to teach these machines to be able to recognize differences in how we interact. But it's it's a it's going to be an interesting journey over the next five or ten years. So it's very interesting that AI has been in our lives and our businesses. T is made it so mainstream and accessible that we're all very curious about it now. Um, I also believe that it's here to stay, but I do worry about the ethics, right? And the big theme of our podcast is diversity. And I'm wondering, in your cybersecurity field, how might these developments shape the future of work and potentially generate opportunities for those who look like you and me, underserved, underrepresented groups? So there's there's a couple of things there I'll try to unpack. So first and foremost, we do have to be very mindful about how these technologies are going to be used. And for those of us that are in the technology field, we have a unique opportunity, those of us that represent diverse populations, we have a unique opportunity to bring that user perspective to the table. So as we look at development and we look at innovation, there are certain things that will resonate to certain populations better than others. It's just language, context, the ability to process and transact 
that is very important for companies to keep in mind because their customers come from a very diverse set of individuals. You know, there is no company in the world that says I only have one type of customer. We all have a very diverse customer set. So I think when it comes to diversity in the workplace, this is one of the opportunities that we have that our differences will be able to be utilized to make sure that the technologies are applicable to us and that they don't necessarily alienate our populations. And I've said that before, you know, on stage and in the boardroom and with other uh, professional groups, and they sometimes say, well, what do you mean? And, you know, I go back and I think about such simple things like the language that's used to respond to a customer. Yes, there's translation services. Yes, you can respond in a different language, Spanish, whatever the language may be. But the context of how the words kind of grammatically flow in a sentence in different cultures can mean different things. Even in our Hispanic culture, depending on where you are from, a word or two mean very different things to different people from different areas of South America, America, etc. So it's a very simple way of explaining why the diversity is important when we develop new technologies, when we use generative AI, and what is the output. Today, our curiosities are using it to answer questions, to write certain things, and everyone is extremely you know, enamored by it. Like you said, it's peaking curiosity. In the future, if those outputs are used to make decisions, if those decisions are going to decide whether or not you get a student loan or not, or whether or not you get a home loan, whether you get insurance, et cetera, et cetera, we've got to make sure that this type of innovation doesn't alienate a population or discriminate um, unintendedly, of course, but discriminates and makes decisions against a certain population. You know, I think about the, the credit industry, right? And you think about your credit scores. And it took years and years and years, and nothing's perfect, but it took years to kind of build an algorithm that was fair to show someone's credit worthiness. AI has the power to do a lot more than that. We have to make sure that it's built with standards, with some, some degree of regulation and the ethical components of what it would mean to computers. Absolutely. So important to use it responsibly, right? So in the topic of diversity, it's so powerful for technology, for businesses, and your personal side, how has your experience as a Latina, and there's plenty of studies that talk about how uh, more diverse teams yield better uh, financial performance. How do you think your diverse uh, background has impacted you in your career and the businesses that you've uh, contributed to? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a tremendous impact, uh, both to me personally and the impact that I've been able to share with the companies that I have been a part of. Um, for the very, very sheer nature of representation, right? I mean, yep. it's, it's so simple, yet so impactful. Um, and when I think about representation, it's not just about having a seat at the table. It's being present. It's being able to share perspectives. It's also the opportunity to ask questions. You know, we, we often will say in certain circles that diversity of thought is extremely important. Yes, it is. Diversity of thought can mean many different things. It could be technical knowledge, industry knowledge. It could be 
uh, ethnic and cultural knowledge, but all of those things have an impact, at least for me, in the companies that I've been associated with, where just by sheerly being there, asking questions and expressing the diverse thoughts to say, hey, you know, when I grew up, the following. From my perspective, that means this. From my culture, this is what we do, right? And as simple as having people understand you better and you understanding them better, our differences end up becoming our biggest superpower. I really believe that. I believe that the homogeny of people that are look the same, act the same, and think the same doesn't really form an innovative environment. Speaking of representation, for those individuals who may feel like they don't belong or they might question their ability to pursue ambitious goals or who lack sufficient role models, right? Because let's face it, there's not that many Latinas in the ballroom the way you are. Um, what actionable advice can you offer to help them find the courage to thrive and to build these successful careers in tech uh, or entrepreneurship? You know, um, I'm often asked this question in different ways. Uh, and my response is always very similar. And it's really about getting your voice, right? Just make sure that you, the fact that people feel they don't belong, number one, no one should feel that way. I mean, we are part of this ecosystem of the universe and of the world and of our population, and we all belong. However, we all have to kind of stand out. We have to be heard. We have to show our value. We have to be contributors to our society, to our work, to our businesses. And it's really about just getting out there, learning, and really raising your hand, right? Um, people have asked me in the past, you know, how did I go about my career and the journey? And I say, I, I was always looking for and seeking the opportunities to do something else something different, something in addition to what my core role was. And my saying is, if you're comfortable, then you're no longer growing, right? If you're comfortable, you're no longer growing. If you're uncomfortable, then you're in the opportunity to learn, to speak out, to be present, to contribute. And that is the number one way of being able to kind of find that courage. Aligning yourself with people that support you, obviously, is extremely important. With people that will be able to open a door for you. They're not going to do it for you, but they're going to open the door for you. You still have to walk through the door. You still have to say, I'm here and I want to do this, or I believe I'm valuable here. Um, I really think that that is such a core need that we have as a diverse population is to not sink back into the wall, to make sure that we're seen that we're part of this society, that our successes are known, and that we continue to contribute. It's the only way we're going to move the ball forward. That's so true, right? We can be victims and just complain about lack of opportunities or take a chance, stand out, and just take every chance we have. I, I remember I'm always the first one to raise my hand when before I was a CEO, who wants to be this new project that no one knows exactly? Me. <laughs> and yeah, just getting uncomfortable and being bold. Um, I love that. So getting into the journey, right? I have been in business now 
10 years in technology and I know how, <laughs> yes, I'm so happy we celebrated our 10th anniversary in April. And it's just not easy, right? It's full of ups and downs. And people sometimes see the amazing stories in LinkedIn and don't realize all the in between. Could you please share with us any stories of failure and success and, and so that our, our listeners can see the importance of resiliency and perseverance? Well, first of all, congratulations on the 10-year anniversary. That's a huge accomplishment. I'm super proud of, I'm super proud of you and proud of the company. Um, and as you said, there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and it looks real nice and easy from, you know, the success, but we all know it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of resiliency. You know, throughout my career, I, you know, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that there were many, many times where either I tried something, pursued something, or I made a decision that I thought was correct that ended up not being correct, and I felt was a failure or an opportunity to continue to grow. You'll see that I always say that. Um, I've managed a lot of teams throughout my career, and I've always told them not to fear making a mistake because we often learn and then we adjust, and then we have the opportunity to be even that much better the next time around. The challenge, though, however, is, is recognizing that something's wrong, right? That something's not going in the right direction and having the courage to adjust your course. I've done that many times throughout my career. Um, I used to celebrate, it's kind of funny, we used to celebrate mistakes on one of my teams, one of my security teams. That's right. And the reason why we did that was so that people understood it was going to happen. Now, the mistake was not the most important thing is what did we do with that knowledge? What do we do the next time? Uh, you know, whether it's in business or in our personal lives, it's something that we always got to be able to be open to. Now, at the same token, we do need to learn. We cannot continue to make the same mistake over and over again and, and sit here and say, why is this happening to me? You know, we need to be able to make adjustments. And in business in particular, and let's just be honest, in technology, I cannot name one software platform that was ever introduced without bugs. Think about it, right? They all have bugs. But what's beautiful about software development and what you guys all do is you get to iterate and constantly improve and make updates and make add-ons. And that's really what we need to do to apply to our careers and to apply to our, you know, where we're focusing our business is to continue to iterate, reinvent yourself, what you're doing, become more efficient, um, and become a, a higher level of efficacy, right? And what I mean by efficacy is I can be on a bike and I can cycle for an hour, but if I'm not if the wheels aren't hitting the ground, I'm not getting anywhere, right? So efficacy is getting there. So I, I hope that helps your listeners because I think, you know, we at this time, you know, these economic pressures that are out there in the world, there's so many things going on. It's really important for us to be as efficient as we can be, learn and continuously iterate just like we do with software. Yeah, that's very helpful. Everything in tech changes so fast, especially these days, that if we don't sort of experiment and learn and iterate, then it's very hard to make uh, progress. This idea of the minimum viable product in Agile is really key, right? That's how you innovate. So 
that's helpful. Thank you, Mirna. So this is my favorite question because this is the core theme in the podcast. What are we doing to generate mass impact? So you clearly have an impressive career that includes serving on publicly traded boards, and you've also managed to make a positive impact on your community. So could you share how you are creating mass impact? And, and then also, what advice do you offer to diverse or underrepresented talent or anyone interested in promoting diversity in technology and business so they too can make mass impact? Boy, I'll tell you, when I think about the things that I have uh, been passionate about and I've had the opportunity to influence throughout my career, whether it's making sure that this field of security had opportunities for women and diverse women um, in the space. I'm very proud of the teams that I've built over my career that have included a lot of diverse women in the field that were not existent before. Um, I have the pleasure, because I do think it is a pleasure and an honor, I serve on the board of an organization called Unidos US, which is the largest civil rights organization for Hispanics. And where I spend my time on that board is focusing on financial literacy for our community. Uh, we have a huge program around affordability of housing and how to get more members of our Hispanic community to own their own homes and a, a bunch of other things that I won't bore you with. But those are the types of things that I spend my time on for Mass Impact. Um, another is mentoring. Um, I mentor a number of, uh, of young women, many of which are Latinas, who are, some are in the technical field and some of them are not. Some of them just want to be able to sharpen their skills in the world of business. Um, and I have, I, you know, it brings me great joy to do that and mentor individuals and just be able to see people grow and to see people have the opportunities that I probably didn't have when I was coming up the ranks. But um, definitely, those are the types of things that mean a lot to me and or to my, to my values. As far as advice, you know, you know, some of the things that we've talked about already, constant learning, being present, get, gain your voice and make sure that you are out there, that people recognize you for who you are. Never, never deny your background, never deny who you are, be your authentic self um, and surround yourself by people that support you and that you support. You know, I said before, so people that support you. Again, this is a two-way street. It's really important um, to help one another. I used to serve on the board of an organization called High Tech, which, is, which was the Hispanic IT Executive Council. And we used to say, we had a motto, it was push up or pull up. We were either going to push people up to, to take on more responsibility and have more opportunity, or we were going to pull them up. One way or the other, we were going to do something, make sure that our community had more opportunities. And that organization has done a phenomenal job. In fact, I know they recognized you um, a couple of years ago for your accomplishments at MAS. And it's just really another way of making sure that people raise awareness of what you're doing. And it's the same thing that anyone listening is they say, what, what should I do? Find your voice and make sure people understand your value and they understand your background. Never deny who you are. What a great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much, Mirna. Gracias. I just feel very fortunate to uh, know you, to learn from you. Also grateful to High Tech. That's how I met you. And it's just a great community. So there you go. 
uh, have a voice, be authentic, stand out, and uh, uh, just hope that you get uh, got a lot of useful advice from Mirna Soto. Gracias, Mirna. This was all candela. <laughs> Gracias. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you for listening to our Mass Impact Podcast sponsored by Mass Global. I hope you're inspired to have more impact on your organizations, your community, and your own journey. Connect with me on LinkedIn for more valuable content and visit our sponsor's website at massglobalconsulting.com to explore how we help clients innovate while we drive diversity in tech. Juntos, let's shape a world where inclusion and success go hand in hand.